0: Good morning and welcome to Talk of the Towns here on WERU. We try to go beyond the headlines to make sense of the issues facing Maine communities, to share what works, to seek alternative solutions. Talk of the Towns is produced with support from Cooperative Extension, the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine, with offices statewide. With its origins in the land trust movement, Maine Farmland Trust has grown to support um, a complex set of factors to rebuild an overall food system for our state. Its programs connect farmers with farmland, help them build skills, and make connections to food processors and consumers. Uh, with a focus really on overall farm viability. And in the studio with us, we're happy to have Sarah Trenzo of uh, Maine Farmland Trust. She's the director of Veggies for All. Welcome to you, Sarah.
1: Happy to be here, Ron. Thank you.
0: And welcome back to WERU because you were co-host of uh, Mid Coast Currents.
1: For many years, and we always looked at Talk of the Towns as kind of the gold standard in <laughs> public affairs, so it's exciting to be in the room
0: with you. Well, great. And um, we're joined um, at, um, at this point um, by phone by Colleen Hanlon-Smith. Colleen is the Operations matter Manager of the Unity Food Hub. Welcome to you, Colleen.
2: Thanks so much, Ron. Great
0: to be on the air. Great. Well, I'll come back to you in just a minute, uh, Colleen, but first I'll get a little b- bit of background on Sarah and, and her interest in in uh, vegetables and farming. <laughs> um, what was your background, Sarah?
1: Um, I grew up outside of New York City and a place where I was very disconnected from um, food and agriculture. And when I moved to Maine, was just blown away by the um, the connection to the land, the connection to the food system that regular citizens are able to have and so really inspired by that and and have been you know over the past several years growing my career in that area Mm -hmm. and um a little over two years ago, was excited to join the team at Maine Farmland Trust. with. And,
0: and you came from Unity College? You I were did. doing some work there. Yes. Yeah,
1: I was working in institutional sustainability.
0: Uh-huh, great. And um, so, a thumbnail sketch of Maine Farmland Trust um, as an organization, how would you describe it to someone who's saying from New York who said, Oh, what are you doing now?
1: Yeah, so uh, Maine Farmland Trust was founded in 1999 by folks. Um, who, including Russell Libby from Mafka, who were interested in um, growing the local food economy and supporting farmers, particularly around land access and land protection. So although we are a, a land trust, and it's right in our name, um, over the past several years, the organization has grown to become more multifaceted and serve farmers on a number of different fronts. However, the thing that hasn't changed is that our work still starts with the land.
0: Mm. And I remember uh, interviewing one of the, f- the founders, Luanna Perkins, and uh, here on Talk of the Towns many years ago, and, and that c- exciting concept that they were borrowing the, the land trust um, idea and applying it to farmland.
1: Luanna is actually still on our staff as right. our senior legal counsel, and many of our board members have been around since the founding as well. So um, there's a strong connection to the history um, of the foundings of the organization still intact.
0: Mm. Now originally I had hoped to have John Piotti here um, to talk about um, his work but um, since we had made that arrangement he's made a big decision. Tell us about that.
1: That's right. John was recently named the new president and CEO of American Farmland Trust which is a really exciting honor for Maine. It's I think going to help continue to highlight Maine as a leader in this work but Unfortunately, it means that John's moving on from Maine Farmland Trust um, as of October 1st.
0: Mm. So uh, you've been with the organization for a short time, but what would you say John's you know big accomplishments are? I think there's been a recent fund drive that's been pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, John is a, is a phenomenal fundraiser and has really helped the organization and this movement beyond just our organization gather resources um, in order to do the work to preserve land, to support farmers. Um, but he also is... Has a is a big picture thinker mm. and able to really incorporate all different areas uh, all of the food system and all different sectors into the work. Everything from hunger relief, my area, um, to business development, to policy and research. So really, just has this um, sense of attacking problems in a comprehensive way. Mm. The other big contribution that I think has really shaped Maine Farmland Trust is that he's a phenomenal storyteller and able to. Um, to translate the work that farmers are doing, the the most exciting parts and the most frustrating parts, to an audience of regular folks.
0: Mm. And I think uh, probably along the way, John um, helped kind of inspire the the involvement of artists in in Maine Farmland Trust work.
1: Absolutely. That's one of the areas of the organization that's that's pretty unique. Um, We've worked closely with artists through a gallery that we have in Belfast. Um, We've... Been featured in and partnered with artists to produce a great series of documentaries about farms and farm bu- and food businesses. Um, we have traveling photography exhibits. One coming up in Blue Hill later this month called Feeding Maine. We um, have a new. Artist in residency program over in Jefferson at the Fiori Art Center. So, really taking that storytelling and that translating of the opportunities and challenges of farming to the next level.
0: Mm. So, um, I've kind of subtitled this um, notion uh, kind of a food system for Maine or how, how Maine Farmland Trust is helping with that. Could you give us a, a kind of a working definition of food system? Kind of how would you use that word? And then we'll go to Colleen because um, she's, she's helping with another element. <laughs> of
1: that sure there may be there may be an official definition uh-huh. no, um, but the, defi- official. <laughs> the definition that works for me is kind of looking at um looking at producers consumers and everything in between um through with a systems thinking lens so in terms of our work of course the land and the land base is so key the wonderful soils of maine that are so productive are such an important part of that system um but farmers and their ability to access that land is part of that system. Farmers' abilities to be successful business people and all the things that go into that um, is part of that system. And consumers and and all the you know, joys of enjoying food and challenges of affording food, et cetera, are also part of that system. So there's economic issues at play, community issues at play, and environmental issues mm. at play as
0: well. Mm. Well, let's go to Colleen and find out a little bit about her background, and then we'll talk about the notion of a food hub. Colleen, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and our listeners so they'll have a, an understanding of who you are.
2: Sure. Um, My name is Colleen Halen-Smith. I'm the operations manager at the Unity Food Hub and have been working in food systems, food and farming work here in Maine for the last dozen or so years. Um, When I was a college student here in Maine, I was doing some homesteading and recognized that there was a lack of access out on the Casco Bay Islands to local food where there were a lot of people interested in accessing food and so started a little distribution business out to the islands and really got to know um, a bunch of farmers that way. And that's sort of where the producer network um, that I've worked with in a variety of different capacities since uh, began to form, Uh, many of whom I continue to work with um, in my role today at the Unity Food Hub. And since that time, 12 years ago, I've had a variety of roles. My role before coming to the Unity Food Hub was as the first executive director for the Maine Federation of Farmers Markets um, MaineFarmersMarkets.org, which is an awesome organization that's focused more on the um, farmers market direct to consumer approach of um, increasing accessibility to local
0: food. Mm. And when when did the the notion of a food hub um, come? Did that come start here in Maine, or is it some, something that we've borrowed and adapted? Um, tell us a little bit about what a food hub is. Sure.
2: So as interest in local foods has grown and the consumer demand has grown. Um, There's been this need to sort of figure out the cogs and wheels of how to get that product to market. And this is not something that's exclusive to Maine. This is really a national movement. So um, there are other food hubs here in Maine, and there are um, literally hundreds of food hubs across the nation that are trying to crack this nut of how do we um, increase the volume of products going into different types of markets to get more people eating local food.
0: Mm. So um, if you were to, we were to, to follow you around for a week, what would some, be some of the things you do as, as manager of the Unity Food Hub?
2: Sure. So I'm the co-manager with um, my colleague, Matt Tremblay. My role specifically focuses on sales and marketing, so trying to figure out what are those avenues um, through which we can be um, expanding that um, distribution and consumption of local food. And so um, my work is really driven by relationships with producers, and I do all of the sourcing as well as all of the sales. So really the um, piece that's connecting the producer to the consumer, and then that translates back to the work we do inside the food hub here in Unity to what are the logistical operations to make all of that happen.
0: And um, again, for those of us who haven't been to the Unity food hub, what, what does it look like? <laughs>
2: yeah so most people when they think of a food distribution business are thinking of a warehouse with a loading dock Um, we do have a loading dock we do have storage units cold storage dry storage and freezer Um, however uh, it's it's pretty neat and this is also pointing to the vision of john piotti and other folks at Maine farmland trust um, that recognize this need to be um, increasing markets for producers um, well, also, um, uh, a goal of his has, has for a long time been um, revitalizing um, our rural communities. And so the distribution business is housed inside an 1898 grammar school that's been renovated. Absolutely gorgeous building at 69 School Street here in Unity, um, where the upstairs operations, Maine Farmland Trust, will be running a series of different programming um, throughout the the summer and ongoing and the downstairs of the hub is set up as a pack room and all of the storage facilities um, through which we um, aggregate the product from over 50 different farms, main farms and food producers and um, package it to go out um, to our customers.
0: And what's the financial arrangement between the producer, um, you as the food hub and the um, people who eventually uh, purchase the food?
2: The financial arrangement is that, similar to other distributors, we are purchasing wholesale. Um, So farmers can sell um, their products either wholesale into larger markets or retail, which would be a sale at a farmer's market, a farm stand, or a CSA. Um, At wholesale, we are looking at volumes. um, And so um, basically we purchase from the farmer and then pay them for their goods and turn around and um, have a slight up. Uh, pick on that price to the consumer to accommodate for our efforts in between and coordinating that, and then distribute to the consumer.
0: And the uh, the, the kinds of consumers you've you've mentioned, um, do you have an array of, of producers as well? What, what who are some of your producers? Sure.
2: So we have an array of different products here at the food hub, um, not just produce, but also um, grains and meat. And value added items that we distribute. So we work with um, over two dozen um, that are your mixed vegetable farm and um, fruit producers, um, as well as companies such as Maine Grains over in Scouthegan that's doing a great job aggregating a bunch of different grains throughout Maine and working with farmers to um, be increasing grain production and education. Um, to value-added products such as um, Heiwa Tofu or Lala Bella Farms' tempeh, um, Kinney's, Maple Syrup, uh, Swan's, Honey, just to give an idea of some mm-hmm. of the different types of products that we're distributing.
0: Great. Well, I'll put the question both to you and to Sarah. Um, why Unity? Tell us a little bit about why um, uh, there's a food hub in Unity. For, I'll start with you, Colleen, and then we'll, I'll ask the same question of Sarah.
2: Sure. Um, Yeah, Unity is a pretty special place uh, here nestled in Waldo County, and um, there's not only a large array of different types of farmers here and um, a um, good amount of farmland uh, for production, but there's also a lot of uh, community efforts and support organizations that are helping build that work over time from a variety of angles. Of course, you have the Maine Organic Farmers and Gardeners Association down the street. Um, We have Veggies for All that we partner with. Maine Farmland Trust has an office here in Unity. And really a wide array of other um, food and farming initiatives that are happening where a lot of synergies are coming out of just that proximity to each other. um, And a lot of good, innovative work to move this local food movement forward.
0: Mm. What would you add, Sarah Trenzo, to that notion of unity as having a critical mass in terms of, of uh, food and food products?
1: Well, I may be slightly biased because I, I live in unity and it's one of my favorite places on the planet. But um, I do think the history of that region um, and the institutions that have shaped that region, including, as Colleen mentioned, Mafka, um and Unity College, being institutions that have attra- helped to attract um, a critical mass of people who are interested in Uh, Growing the local food system, protecting the environment, and having a really vibrant community. It's also a community where there is great need, despite all the awesome activity that's happening and the uh, retention of young people more so than other small rural communities. There are needs that have to be met, whether they're food access needs for individual citizens and families, or whether there are marketing needs for some of the farms that have been attracted to this area.
0: Mm. And that um, notion of of food access brings up the notion of Veggies for All. Tell us a little bit about your work with with that organization and that movement.
1: Sure, Veggies for All is a food bank farm, which means we are a program that grows vegetables and distributes them through food pantries at no cost to clients. The program was founded in 2007, right in Thorndike, which is right in the unity area, um, by young farmers who saw an opportunity to simultaneously meet this community need, as well as hone some of their agricultural skills. Um, I joined up with the project in 2009 and, um, at the time, the, the program was being managed as a partnership between Unity Barn Raisers and Unity College and just started growing in leaps and bounds over the past many years, now serving um, nine food pantries, 1,500 clients throughout central Maine with uh, mixed vegetables grown with organ- using organic methods and incorporating a huge amount of volunteer labor and community support into that work. Um, so about two years ago we transitioned onto the Maine Farmland Trust team so that we could kind of more intentionally be part of this food system work that we're discussing.
0: Mm. And and what's the role of the um, farmers in that area with uh, Veggies for All? This is a dedicated farm, but do they help with um, seedlings? What What's their relationship to Veggies for All? Sure. Or do you have staff to do that? We
1: have, we have staff that uh-huh. um, grow vegetables. The farm is organized in a decentralized way. It's spread out across the community. So we have some plots on Unity College campus. We have some plots on... Um, formerly underutilized farmland in the community and volunteers meet with us out there and are directed by staff to grow a huge amount of vegetables it's over 130,000 pounds since the founding of the project. Um, Farmers were not originally designed into the plan for the program but have gravitated to us and they're also kind of just our friends you know (laughs) part of our social network. Um, Oftentimes farmers reach out to us and say man, how can we be involved with this work? Um, And are eager to make donations to the food pantries that we work with and also eager to engage in activities such as cleaning um, where volunteers might come out and harvest crops left in the field or seconds from the field so that more impact is made in the hunger relief
0: system. Mm. I love this notion of a decentralized farm. So it sounds like there's a there's a co- common management of many different resources, but they don't have to be all on the, on the same Parcel of land
1: right they're not we have some infrastructure that we share with unity college who's just been an incredibly generous and supportive partner to us but um the farming happens all across the community and sometimes it's a little bit of a wild goose chase but the great benefit of being that dispersed uh through the community is that you know we're sometimes working with volunteers right next to the school or in the backyard of somebody they know and they can come find us and work with us there
0: Great. Colleen, I'm coming back to you. Um, This notion of a food hub, um, is there a particular way in which um, the food hub also works with food access issues with food pantries?
2: Yes, we do, um, in a variety of different ways. And this is where um, it's a great example of some of the synergies of having folks like Sarah and Veggie for All in town, as well as our um, community center organization, Unity Barn Raisers, which also helps with gleaning. Um, and coordinating those efforts. A couple of the ways in which the Unity Food Hub specifically addresses food access is one, through our main farm share program, in which we have um, sites uh, for pickup at the Unity Food Hub and in Belfast, as well as expanding into Southern Maine this summer, whereby we aggregate food from multiple farms, we offer them in a share or a subscription format, And our veggie share is available to um, folks that are paying with food stamps or um, EBT um, at uh, 50% of the cost as a way to make that food more accessible. So that's been really a cornerstone program of how we're looking to expand markets by increasing accessibility to those for which um, accessibility to this local healthy food may otherwise um, not be possible. Mm. We also, when we have shrink or um, shrink is, is um, extra product that doesn't get distributed. Um, we work with the Volunteer Regional Food Pantry and coordinate with both Sarah and Mary Leeming over at Unity Barn Raisers um, and the folks at the food pantry to be um, distributing that food through the food pantry as well as a food um, kitchen program that operates from the fall through spring called the Open Door that's housed at the community center as well to make products donations to individuals
0: as some of the ways in which we're addressing food access as well. Mm, great. And and this notion of a food hub, you've said that there are other food hubs um, either um, established or beginning in other parts of Maine. To, to tell us a little bit about that, what, what you know.
2: Right, sure. Yeah, sort of on the mirror, if you were to fold the, uh, the map of Maine in half and on 95 over in Skowhegan or our friend Sarah Smith and the pickup. They operate in a very similar way um, in addressing um, this need to increase uh, the distribution of local food in that they are selling wholesale to larger buyers as well as operating their own aggregated share program to their customers as one example of a food hub. You could also, just stepping back, define a food hub as a place that aggregates markets and distributes uh, local food, and so we've had... um, amazing women who run companies in this state and have for a long time Murata um, and her team at Crown of Maine over in Basselboro that is focused on local food distribution as well as Martha Putnam down in Freeport that runs Farm Fresh Connection that also focuses on local food distribution throughout the state so using that definition of aggregating marketing and distributing Um, there's a variety of different partners that are operating in this space and looking to um, do their part in building this food system.
0: And again, the the notion that um, a little bit, there's a a system which has farmers growing their food wherever they happen to live, but they aren't necessarily next to the markets that um, they need to supply. So the notion of food hub begins to tie these things together, whether whether it's a physical hub or it's it's more of a, a business model of, of uh, pickup and distribution like uh, Crown of Maine. Yes. Great. Colleen, anything that you would like to add before we let you go? And and we've got another guest that we want to talk with, but anything you'd like to add about your work with the Unity Food Hub?
2: I would just say if folks are interested in our um, program that they uh, vegetable shares accessible to SNAP recipients happy to provide that information about what we're doing and what other partners are doing around the state to participate in that program and they can reach out to me at colleen at com. also happy to field any other questions folks may have about the food hub and just very appreciative for you inviting me on the air today
0: great colleen thanks so much for being with us thank you Colleen Hanlon-Smith, who is the operations manager, uh, co-manager at Unity Food Hub. Um, uh, we're talking with Sarah Trunzo here in the studio. She's the director of food, Veggies for All, uh, part of uh, Maine Farmland Trust. And um, later on, we'll be talking with a farmer um, in Unity as well. Unity is this hub, you know, It's great. the center of the universe. <laughs> so, uh, Sarah, um, you've got some other responsibilities. Um, one has to do with um, the, the notion of farm viability. Tell us a little bit about that work.
1: Sure. Yeah. I'm a member of the Farm Viability um, Department at Maine Farmland Trust. And what that looks like is a number of different programs that are meant to support um, farmers in being successful business people with the thinking that protecting the land isn't enough. The land needs to be worked by farmers and the best way to keep the farmers on the land is to help them be successful growers and successful business people. And so we're part of a community of organizations, including Mafka and Cooperative Extension, that do all different kinds of work to support farmers. The specific ways that we support farmers um, include farm business development, especially with beginning farmers. We have a really excellent staff person named Elizabeth Sprague who gives one-on-one support to farmers as they start their businesses or as they recover from business crises and changes, um, in, in their business model. We also, um, do some market development, which includes things like the food hub, but also, um, includes a food access program called main harvest Bucks, which helps to Colleen describe this a little bit, but helps to connect, um, farmers with low income clients as consumers and, and as a new customer base. Um, we also have some some other little programs like a shared-use farm equipment program that we um, run in a collaborative fashion with MAFCA, so that farmers that are you know within a reasonable driving distance of Unity can um, become a member of that program and get access to some high-ticket um, equipment that they might not be able to afford on their own. In addition, we have some some interesting cons- um, consultants that we work with. Uh, Jed Beach is. Um, a really experienced wholesale grower who now has turned his is turning his skills onto onto new growers who are looking to scale up um, their production, help their products reach more wholesale and institutional markets. We also have an interesting program happening with Clara Coleman. Of Four Season Consulting, she's um, she is indeed related to Elliot Coleman. She's her his daughter, and um, you know has a special expertise in helping farmers extend their seasons into the into the spring and fall further.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. And so um, that plus, um, do I understand that the Farm Link program is is helping with that land base and, yes. f- and farmers? Describe that, and then we'll go to um, Adam Nordell um, on the phone with us from Songbird Farm, and you can help introduce him too. But tell sure. us a little bit about Farm Link because that's a, a critical piece of the puzzle.
1: Yeah, Farm Link is a program that's been a model for other. Um, for land tr- farmland trusts in other states. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of like a matchmaking service between farmland seekers and farmland owners. So in some cases, um, there may be someone that's re- retiring from farming and, and hoping to move away. They have an opportunity to advertise their farm on our, on that website and also get it on the radar of our staff. Um, Perhaps they're seeking somebody to purchase the farm outright, but there's a lot of flexibility in how they can um, make that farm available. You know, they may be open to a long-term lease. They may be open to a lease to buy. Uh, there are farmland owners using FarmLink who are looking for um, folks to come lease their property, and they're they're not interested in ever selling it, but it's a way of helping folks on either side of that spectrum, owners mm. and seekers, in making a connection around what their specific needs are. If if there are folks listening who have needs around seeking farmland or around um, moving off of farmland or sharing the farmland that they currently have, they can definitely check out the FarmLink website and um, speak with either Sue Lampner, our FarmLink coordinator, or Erica Buswell, who's our beginning farmer um, coordinator who specializes in working with beginning farmers in not only finding land but also in getting connected to all different resources inside and outside of MFT
0: great well why don't you why don't you do the introduction for Adam Nordell at songbird mm-hmm. uh, farm and Unity and then we'll bring him on the air
1: okay well hopefully Adam can can fill in any pl- gaps that I <laughs> miss but um, Adam and his partner Johanna, or folks that have recently moved from Starks, where they were farming a songbird farm, um, into Unity. And aren't we lucky to have them? Um, They're talented growers, hard workers, but also um, really fantastic musicians who um, have incorporated their musical abilities, their musical storytelling into the work that they're doing on the farm. So they grow mixed vegetables, but um, also grow grains. And have some really phenomenal um, shares available right now, called a pantry share, so folks can kind of stock up the the larder.
0: <laughs> Great. Well, Adam, welcome to Talk of the Towns. Thanks for taking uh, time out from the business of farming.
3: Oh, thanks, thanks, Ron, and thanks, Sarah, for the introduction. And excited to be part of the conversation this morning.
0: Thanks. So you've heard perhaps some of this, um, but uh, tell us a little bit more um, about uh, Songbird Farm and and what you do and and what your dreams are.
3: Sure. Thanks. Um, so Johanna and I are in, I guess this is our seventh year running a farm business in Maine. Um, and m- as Sarah mentioned, we moved most recently um, from Starks in Somerset County up between Scouthegan and Farmington. Um, and we were there on a really beautiful piece of leased land for four years on a year-to-year lease. Um, as we built our farming knowledge and our market. Um, and our our own best fit farming model um, out there and then prior to that we had a year um, our first year starting up we were leasing land again on a year-to-year lease um, in Pemaquid and in Whitefield sort of two two parcels of land that we were growing on we started off in um, after after going through MAFCA's apprenticeship program um, in prior years when we decided to start our farm business we enrolled in the Journey Person program, which was really helpful in terms of um, getting some educational resources and a farming mentor to teach us, help us, help us uh, trial things and uh, problem solve
0: errors and whatnot.
3: Um, excuse me, my alarm just went off, telling me to to be by the phone. I'm <laughs> by the phone. <laughs> be time.
0: You're you're so good.
3: Thanks.
1: Overachiever. <laughs>
3: um, yeah, so we were on a year-to-year lease for five years, and um, and then we were looking to get a little closer to the coast. Starks is about a two-hour drive um, to a good section of the mid-coast, where we, most of our markets developed, also where um, a lot of our community, our friends, Johanna's family is in Lincoln County. Um, so we wanted to get generally closer to, to that area, where our connections are strongest. Mm. Um and started looking for a more permanent situation, which we thought was going to be um, a long-term lease. Um, and started really actively scouring the farm link listings, which is a really great resource for anybody, as Sarah mentioned, looking to lease a piece of farmland, um, buy a piece of farmland, either as a, a seeker or, or someone um, who has land that they want to sell or, or lease lots of great, great stuff to check out on that site. Um, and we were, we were really lucky through farm Link to find this farm where I'm calling from. Um, this was land owned by a man named Tim Christensen, who was a retired Colby professor, um, who ran a business called green earth gardens. It was a certified organic wholesale oriented mixed vegetable operation. Um, and he sold to, to wholesale buyers and natural food stores, uh, in this area belfast um at waldo county uh waterville that that sort of sphere and five years into building a business and building some fantastic infrastructure big greenhouses germination room um really well taking care of soil tim sadly learned that he had terminal cancer with um with less than a year to live um and being the, the great land steward that he was and Having a vision for the future that he did, he contacted Farmland Trust um, for their help transitioning the farm to new owners who would continue it in agricultural use and also um, provide some long-term protection so that it would remain a farm, not fragmented, not split up into house lots uh, for the indefinite future. Um, and that's that's where we we found the land was through FarmLink.
0: Mm-hmm. We're really
3: happy to happy to take um take care of the land from here
1: and i just i'd love to just jump in the story um tim was such a, a phenomenal farmer and great neighbor and citizen of our community and um in the years that he was alive and, and working on his farm veggies for all would be growing and he would be growing vegetables and we were kind of mutual admirers. Um, and you know, bought and sold equipment to each other and he'd ride his motorcycle by our fields and give me some tips on what I could be doing differently and, uh, what our staff could be doing differently. And, um, we really just loved him. And, um, I'm actually the person that received a call from him when he learned he was ill. Uh, he was reaching out to see if veggies for all would be willing to, um, finished growing out some of the crops that he had seeded peppers and beets um, because although he knew his time was short he really hated to see all those vegetables go to waste so we moved on to the farm um, in small part that season grew out peppers and beets while simultaneously our land staff as adam described um, was working on making a connection to new farmers who would be able to steward the land um, in the way that Tim had envisioned.
0: Mm, what a wonderful story! Thank you for both for sharing that. Um, um, as you think about, you said a, a best fit farming model for you, Adam. Um, describe that model now as you as you look ahead.
3: Sure. Um, I guess I'll, I'll just preface it by saying that I think um, we, we recognize that um, diversity is important in the resilience of a system, and and generally that gets translated into the small farm world um, to say, be, be a diversified farm, grow lots of crops, because if one crop fails, if you have one crop and it fails, then your, your year failed um, and you, you don't have any income that year. Um, that's, that's really smart. Um, but then thinking more broadly in the, um, the local food economy and scene, I think it's a, really important for us to have lots of models of how to farm and how to structure our businesses how distribute our food um, because everybody's coming from a different place and has has different needs and um, and different goals and aspirations um, as Sarah mentioned Johanna and I balance um, work and passion for um, for growing food for people and also uh, work as performing musicians um, and and the way that we balance those two things is to not sell at farmer's markets and not do really intensely diversified crop production during the summer. We focus on a smaller number of crops and sell mostly wholesale. We do have also, as Sarah mentioned, a pantry share, pantry share CSA, which is composed of heritage wheat flour, rye flour, buckwheat flour, dry beans, heritage cornmeal, um, shelf-stable products that we uh, mm-hmm. produce and mill here on the farm. Um, But by keeping our weekends free and not doing farmers markets and having maybe a slightly um, simpler cropping plan than some of the the, um, really ambitious farmers market farms and CSA growers for that matter, um, we have a little bit more space in our schedule to uh, keep our music business going and perform on weekends throughout the summer,
0: and this is Sassafras Stop. We understand.
3: That's right. Yeah, that is our, <laughs> our performing
0: name. Well, it sounds like you've you've it wasn't a business decision; it was a life decision um, that you you've fashioned a life rather than a business, which I think um, is rare in this day and age.
3: Sure. I, yeah, I suppose so. I, I would I would tend to hope that everybody is making, on some level, those sorts of <laughs> lifestyle chases choices in one way or another.
0: But it's, again, that, that intentionality to balance the music and um, the growing and selling of food um, is a really conscious one, and I congratulate you for that. Thank you. Tell us a little bit more about Sassafras Stomp, and, and uh, if you've been in the studio, we have certainly gotten you to perform, but we probably can't do that by phone. So <laughs> t- t- tell us a little bit about that, um, that um, effort.
3: Sure, thanks. Um, Sassafras Stomp is mostly a contradance band, um, Johanna and I play together as a duo, and um, these days we're often often playing with our friend John Pranio as well. Johanna is a really great fiddler and a great singer. Um, I play guitar and sing and play a little bit of banjo, and our buddy John is a multi-instrumentalist playing fiddle, banjo, harmonica. Um, and we play for dances around Maine. Um, we don't do a lot of season extension on the farm. We're not trying to grow spinach year-round, or do some of the other really innovative stuff that area farms are engaging in um, so that we can take our off-season and really hit it hard with our music. Um, And we play um, anywhere we can get booked, which has taken us fairly far afield at this point. We've gotten out to um, areas on the West Coast in the wintertime on on our music tours, which has been a really nice nice lifestyle balance to get to travel a little bit um, and make money doing it during the winter and then be really grounded in the summer um so that's that's sassafras stomp we also i'm a songwriter um and i'm right now in the process of mixing and mastering a new cd of um, farm-centric songs that's going to come out later on this summer Um, and really excited to partner with farmland trust um, in the release of that cd we're organizing small tour of uh, farm-to-table dinner concerts uh, that are going to happen in Portland, Unity, and Blue Hill um, to showcase the the music from that CD at the end of August.
0: Oh, that's, yeah, the, that's wonderful.
1: The Portland show is on August 25th. The one in Unity at the Food Hub is August 26th, and there will be one um, here in the Blue Hill area on August 27th, and folks can check in at mainfarmlandtrust.org um, to see – the more of the specifics as we get closer to the date.
0: Great. Well, Adam, thanks so much for taking time. Anything that you want to add before you uh, go back to the weeding? <laughs> um,
3: sure. I'll just really, this is sort of a um, unrelated, but really quick plug. Um, in the spirit of uh, vibrant rural communities, um, we're organizing a contra dance this weekend, um, this Saturday, which is tomorrow, um, at the beautiful old Grange Hall in downtown Freedom Village. And it starts at 7. Everybody's welcome to come. Um, Our buddy John McIntyre is going to be calling uh, and hope to see some folks there. Thanks so much for having me as part of your show today.
0: Oh, thank you, Adam. Thanks for being with us. Um, Adam Nordell of Songbird Farm in Unity. We're talking with Sarah Trunzo here in the studio. She's the director of Veggies for All at Maine Farmland Trust. And we're really looking at the whole notion of Maine Farmland Trust's um, support of a a food system in Maine. And at this point, we would very much welcome your calls. Perhaps you've got some experience. Thinking about food hubs, or maybe you're growing, or maybe you're producing, or maybe you're consuming, um, food, and you've got some comments for us here on Talk of the Towns one eight six six. 625-9378, or locally, 469-0500. Well, Sarah, uh, what else um, would, would we like to talk about um, here? We've, we've covered so much of Maine Farmlands Trust's kind of core uh, programs. Um, what's the future look like uh, for you and, and Veggies for All, for instance?
1: Sure. Um, at Veggies for All, we've been... Um we're we're in a transition time as well. We've had um the been working with the same farmer since the founding of the project, a really talented grower named Tim Libby, um who hit, is um, stepping down at the end of this year. So we've just hired a new staff person named Chris Flack, um and looking to revitalize some of the uh, volunteer driven aspects of the program, and continue doing what we're doing in the Unity area. We're also very interested in partnering with organizations in communities that have a similar profile of need and similar assets to Unity. So great farmland, um, excited young people, and and folks who are challenging with uh, challenged by food access, so that we can look at opportunities to take some of the successes of that model to to other regions.
0: So for, uh, you're trying to replicate that model. You might. Or might not be involved in kind of organizing it, Right, you'd work with local people to do yeah, that. Yeah,
1: we'd love to share what we've learned mm. in unity mm. with folks that are doing good work in their own communities mm-hmm. and learn from them
0: as well. Sure. Are there one or two things that you think you have learned in the last um, few years?
1: I mean, I'd say the, the biggest <laughs> the biggest thing I've learned about um, doing this work, hunger relief work in a rural community, is that the folks that run the food pantries are just incredible um, and really should be listened to, and um, should be seen as source of huge amount of information. Many times they're they're much much older folks, and maybe they have no experience in uh, a professional realm or in you know professional community organizing realm, but are just embedded in their communities and are so trusted by food pantry clients. Um, the the most important thing that we've done is listen to those folks on the front line about how to. Improve our program.
0: Mm. We're talking with Sarah Trunzo of Veggies for All at Maine Farmland Trust. You can participate as well. Give us a call at 1 866 625 9378. We do have a call from Rockport. Welcome to Talk of the Towns, Allison, and go ahead with your question or comment.
4: Thank you. This has been a wonderful program today. Uh, I am part of the food scene, I am a cheesemaker. And it's great to hear uh, this program that's talking about food distribution because uh, that it can be one of the, the, the biggest challenges for producers. Maine is a large state. As you mentioned earlier, sometimes the, the, where you're producing isn't where the best market is. So knowing that the food hub scene is growing and that it's, it's getting wider um, attention is, is, is a wonderful thing.
0: How do you distribute your your cheese?
4: Currently, by myself, <laughs> I, have, I have a two hundred and fifty mile distribution route every Thursday. Uh huh.
0: Uh-huh. And what kinds of cheeses?
4: I make uh, cheese with organic cow's milk. I've got fresh ricotta. I've got bloomy rind cheeses, aged cheeses, washed rind cheese, and blue cheese.
0: And how did you get into this work?
4: Well, it was one of those wonderful. Uh, realizations that I needed to stop doing the kind of work I was doing and that uh, I had my hands in a vat of curd and and it felt right.
1: (laughs) And it occurred to
4: you? Oh my gosh, I haven't had that one before.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's great. Well, Allison, thanks so much for calling here on Talk of the Towns.
4: Yes, thank you for this program today.
0: Okay. 1-866-625-9378. Sarah?
1: Something that I've been really inspired by, um, a trend in many organizations working in food, but certainly, um, at Maine Farmland Trust is this identification of, um, low income, low access consumers as an incredible asset to farmers and food business owners, Mm. as opposed to seeing that population as a problem to be solved or mouths that need to be fed, um, It's very easy to paint that community with a broad brush, and and that happens often in the media. But in the food system, we need mouths to feed, and farmers need customers. Mm -hmm. So it's a a really positive message, but it's also some positive work on the ground and substantive work on the ground that if we can design successful bridges between farmers and food producers, cheesemakers like Allison, and low-income consumers, there's something very powerful to be done around Mm -hmm.
0: that. Yeah, if you think back on, in terms of, of uh, f- uh, growing food and consuming food in time, um, it wasn't necessarily a money um, exchange. <laughs> there was some kind of exchange of, of value, um, consumer to producer. But um, when we became so complex, it became a money thing. And mm-hmm. uh, we've, got, we've got to figure out that way of reducing that as a barrier and, as you say, seeing um, uh, c- consumers of all income levels right. as part of the solution Absolutely. for having a locally based uh, farm and food system, yeah. one eight six six 625 We've got um, a number of minutes left if you'd like to give us a call as we talk about elements of a food system in Maine. And we're talking with Sarah Trunzo of uh, Maine Farmland Trust. <laughs> Sarah, so there are, um, other things that you're doing with Veggies for All that um, might be of interest to to uh, um, this this notion of replicating? Um, have you had particular contacts with other parts of the state?
1: We have been talking with some folks doing great work in the Blue Hill area and have been doing some, I would say, actually we've been learning more from them than, than they have been from us. Um, I'll, I'll highlight for a moment, I spoke earlier about gleaning on mm-hmm. farms. There's a fantastic gleaning work happening Um all across the state, but great leadership work happening out of Healthy Acadia. Um, my, my friend, Hannah Semler, leading up that initiative, the cleaning initiative. Um,
0: what what does she call call herself? She has a title, doesn't she? Queen Cleaner or <laughs> something like that?
1: She I has... like that. <laughs> yeah, but um, so in the Unity area, we've been learning from their uh, model and trying to figure out how to better get um, waste on farms seconds from distributors like the food hub and other venues um, into the hunger relief system more effectively Mm -hmm. and also trying to leverage those donations in a way that it really benefits farmers so trying to figure out where those tax breaks are available and other incentives to Mm -hmm. be engaged in that work
0: Mm -hmm. and um, again your tribute to uh, food pantry um, leaders is just um, a a great one and I know the folks in Bar Harbor and uh, what what a great job they do in that food pantry and Mm -hmm. I know that there's Network of um, they talk to each other in, in Hancock Absolutely. County and Healthy Acadia, I think, has helped with, with uh, that effort. Um, again, 1 866 Four four six nine zero five hundred to talk about elements of a food system with our guest Sarah Trunzo of Maine Farmland Trust. We mentioned um, the artists involved early on in the program, and we heard uh, from Adam Nordell and his work um, at Songbird Farm, and also with uh, Sassafras Stop. Uh, other examples of, of uh, art and and uh, far, farm farming coming together from from Maine Farmland Trust. Yeah. Um Tell us more about the gallery in, in, in sure. Belfast. Yeah.
1: Sure. Um, we're lucky enough to be have our headquartered office um, in downtown Belfast, which is a thriving, um, re-energized arts community, great emphasis on local food in that community, emerging restaurant scene. Um, and a lot of work has been done to promote the connection of those two um, arenas by the Belfast Creative Coalition and organizations like MFT. And um, so we've used that Front office space that we have in downtown Belfast as a gallery, as a way to draw more people into the conversation about farming, the challenges, the opportunities of that work. Um, so it's really fun to on a on an art walk night when you can see all different kinds of art in downtown Belfast to have a you know some kind of exhibit that maybe is some gritty and um, accurate photos of what it looks like to make sausage, you know, and just expose some of those stories to a a broader audience. Um, It's what John describes as building this barely restrained mob of supporters of local food, you know, and everyone from, as we said earlier, folks that are struggling with food access um, to folks that are in a position to be investors and supporters um, and just get Everybody who eats, so all of us mm-hmm. <laughs> engaged in understanding the food system and, and what farmers are mm-hmm. faced with. Mm-hmm.
0: And slow money Maine is is part of this whole network of, of supporting uh, farmers and and having those kinds of conversations. Absolutely, as well.
1: yeah. yeah. Slow money Maine is a, a network of um, folks that are working in the food system, folks that are investing in the food system, and has just been a phenomenal um, catalyst, not only of making investments happen and helping to make charitable no- donations happen, but also just holding um, holding great dialogue around how we can work together. It's also, it, in my opinion, it's been a great model of kind of a more ecological thing you know it's not its own standalone nonprofit organization it's not it's not very hierarchical it's really participatory and feel and iterative and holistic
0: Mm, iterative what's that word mean
1: Uh, you know we don't (laughs) it's not one and done we don't have one conversation about um well should what do we need to do about infrastructure in this state or how can the existing food hubs work better together um the leadership of that program you know under the Visionary leadership of Bonnie Rukin, who's really mm. fantastic. Um, th- those folks have encouraged conversations to happen among individuals and among different partners that can help move the ball forward for mm. the for the whole food system. So in it's Maine. really
0: kind of learning from your experience and then applying that yes. learning to the next step.
1: Yeah, and one great example of that is um, they do an annual meetup in November, um, and a few years ago. The meetup was highlighting failures in the food system, and it was just such a rich conversation about businesses like Moo Milk that did fantastic work and and then did fail, um, and Food X and other creating a safe space for those types of businesses and others to talk about the parts that didn't work. We're so used to talking about uh, everything that worked and everything that's fantastic and all we're looking forward to, but we also need to have the ability to be authentic about where projects failed and why they failed so that we can work as a better team in advancing the whole food system.
0: Well, I mean, I think sometimes we think about failure as something that drives us into our caves. Mm -hmm. And what you're saying is we ought to celebrate failure and talk about it so that we learn from it. Absolutely. Right, right, yeah, yeah. great. Um, uh, any particular opportunities and challenges that you see um, looking ahead for uh, you know, the, the larger organization of <laughs> Ma- Ma- Maine Farmland Trust or uh, Veggies for All in particular?
1: Um, I think, you know, one of the, the challenges, the continuing challenges or are, are areas of continued focus are around pr- preserving more farmland, mm. getting farmers on that farmland. And helping those farmers be successful. And I know that's just, that just sounds like it's our mission, but that continues, it is, and that that continues to be really the heart of the challenge. Um, One of the things that, we're enthusiastic about doing is as having a very, very strong membership base um, because we want regular citizens um, who don't, who maybe aren't farmers, don't, you know, think maybe they don't have a stake in the game to understand they do have a stake but, in the game. They eat.
0: That's right. And um, That's right.
1: you know, there are many different ways folks can interact with the food system and mm-hmm. supporting their local farmers, but a, a powerful way to do it is through membership at MFT as mm-hmm.
0: well. And so this um, notion of everybody being uh, part of that and, Maine Farmland Trust being very clear that land is at the core um, of of their mission. Mm -hmm. There may be other partners that you're working with for the overall food system, but that notion of of linking land with farmers is is at the core.
1: It is, and some of the partners that we're working with that are a little bit outside of the box are folks like Penobscot East Resource Center um, and individuals that are doing research between the connections of land-based food production and sea-based food production so that we can really be zooming out even further um, to see the connections between all different elements of the food system and environment.
0: Mm, And I know that there's a seminar being planned for the fall with Penobscot East and Maine Farmland Trust um, that's going to come to fore. So um, that discussion is going to be great. Well, um, we've um, about run out of time. Do you have contact information that you'd like to share in terms of uh, Maine Farmland Trust or particularly Veggies for All?
1: Sure. Um, If folks are interested in talking with me or learning more about Veggies for All, they can go to www.veggiesforall.org. They can email me at s trunzo, S-T-R-U-N-Z-O at Um, If you go to that website, you can learn how to follow us through all our different social media platform. But um, I'd also love for folks to visit. Um, we have a new, beautiful, and easy-to-navigate website at Maine Farmland Trust. So it's org. Please check it out. And if you are interested in learning more about any of our programs or being kept in the loop about all the events that we alluded to through this conversation, um, please subscribe to our uh, Facebook feed and our Instagram and Twitter feeds um, and share our, um, and share your information with us so you can get on our mailing list.
0: Great. Sarah, thanks so much for being with us and helping to organize this program. Thank
1: you, Ron. It was fun.
0: We've come to that time when I want to remind you that this program was produced with support from Cooperative Extension and the Hancock County Extension Association. With offices in each county, Cooperative Extension is the major educational outreach program of the University of Maine. Our radio collaboration with WERU began in 1990 and continues with your support. Join us from 10 to 11 on the second Friday morning of each month for Talk of the Towns. Our theme music is a medley from Koranak on a Balmain House Highland music recording. Our shows are archived on WERU's website, and this show will be archived in the next week or so. Thanks again to our guests this morning, Sarah Trunzo of Maine Farmland Trust. Colleen Hanlon-Smith, operation manager of Unity Food Hub, and Adam Nordell of Songbird Farm and Unity, and also of Sassafras Stomp. Thanks to our underwriters. Thanks to John Greenman for engineering our program, and stay tuned for On the Wing with Joel Raymond. This is Ron Beard, your host for Talk of the Towns, wishing you a good morning. (music) ¶¶